Welcome to a Come Follow Me podcast with Brother Anderson and Brother Mickelson, just two church educators who love the gospel and love teaching it. We're different from other Come Follow Me podcasts in that we're going to take it from a teaching perspective. Each week, we will brainstorm together possible approaches and ideas for teaching like we're a big podcast faculty. This is not an official production of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but we are really big fans. And here's the podcast. Make an audio FaceTime call to Brian. Oh, you caught me right about to just... Don't be such a baby. Give up and... <laughs> here, here I am, though, like a caveman. I've got ear pods in my ear with cords attached oh. to my phone. Well. Like a Neanderthal. Uh, welcome to the 80s. We want our Walkman's back. Yeah, I can't. The 80s I can't. called Dwayne out for the checkers. <laughs> I, can't, I can't find my AirPods anywhere. I think there's a feature that finds them, but yes. last, last time we used it, one of the twins had them in their pocket. So. Oh, it's a good place to put $250. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is how my day's been going all day. So. All right, my phone is three feet from me. Oh, good. It's not. That yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure that's going to solve it because when we experimented, you know. Yeah. By, by the way, that little mic that you use with the, the two cross, uh, mm-hmm. the Zoom thing, mm-hmm. is there any reason why I should keep it? I, I ordered it because I thought I could filter sound better through it with my Yeti, but that's not how that works. You're not supposed to filter sound no. if you already have a microphone. Yeah, I'm going no. to send it back. Even yeah, though, you don't need it. Even though it's on a different budget year. <laughs> the I'm reason sure. that I, I use it is for family history stuff because it's super portable, but you can take your laptop. I mean, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Or, my, or even my phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah it'll, it'll save the church a couple hundred bucks. I'll send it back. But it, it's going to put the uh, administrative assistance in a tissy, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Anyway, hey, so how did week one go, bro? I'm sad to report that it was amazing. Uh, it, <laughs> Only it two great. children died. So, so, uh, I mean, it was great. We're it's it was great to start with the first vision, right? Like that was obviously kind of wonderful this week. So let me give you two experiences. Now these are unfair to share because it's my own daughter, and so I have an unfair advantage because I know exactly what happened in her class, exactly when it happened, and exactly what her response was. You know, but right. there is, I think, there's some possible, you know, application to every teacher and and blah blah blah. So right. Uh, oh, it's today. Today's Friday. So on Wednesday we were. It was near nine o'clock, nine thirty at night. No, probably wasn't that late. It was something. But we're about ready to do our come follow me study and. You know, that usually lasts about 10 minutes. We pick a section. We read the section. I mean, the section in Come Follow Me. Then we read the verses along with the question. And then we all kind of share our thoughts. I mean, it's nice. You know, it's good. Yeah. Um, but it's not like it's spectacular. It's just really good. And I'm happy we do it. And we're pretty consistent with it. But we had had a very good experience in seminary studying the details of the first vision. And, and I had the students in class... Uh, once they had done some research, I said, okay, just, you all know the story. So what was your new favorite thing? What's your new favorite part of the first vision story? And why, why do you, why'd you like that? And so students just shared really great stuff. And, and, uh, my daughter actually, uh, Ashley shared a really thoughtful 
analysis of something. Anyway, so it's good. So then that night comes around. We're going to do Come Full of Me. And Janice, my wife, is getting it ready. And uh, I said, you know what? Let's just turn it over to Ashley. I'd just be curious what she does. So Ash and the kids Anything she wants to teach, just go for it. Anything she wants to do, yeah. So Ashley came in. I said, hey, uh, do you mind leading the the Come Follow Me discussion tonight? And she said, yeah, that's fine. So she grabbed Janice's scripture, didn't even grab her own, grabbed Janice's scriptures and and sat there for just a few minutes while the kids kind of settled in and we all scolded the dog for doing all the bad stuff the dog does. (laughs) And while, you know, while we're doing that, Ashley's kind of looking. Then I said, okay, Ash, go ahead. And she said, all right, you guys. I want everybody to go to Joe Smith chapter 1, verse whatever it was, 15. And she said, I'm going to read this, and I want you to look for a truth that just kind of stands out to you. And so she kind of did what we did in seminary, but just with one verse. And then both Maddie and Will kind of shared, and Janice and I shared some stuff, and then Ashley shared some stuff. Then she said, okay, I want to do it with another verse. Then she shared another verse. And then she did it with another verse. Like, not there weren't three connected verses, like verse 15, verse you know, right. 20 and verse three, 11. Three separate things. Yes. And she, it was so obvious that we were not, quote, covering come follow me, close quote. Ashley was teaching from the scriptures. Like we would all share stuff and then she would give a little insight and analysis and ask kind of a follow-up question. And well, what do you think that means for us? Okay, that's great. Let's do this other verse. And we got done, and I even, I even shot her a text before she went to bed because she docks her phone, you know, out in the front room. Right. Um, so I thought I'd better hurry. And I said, tonight you didn't just come, cover Come Follow Me. You taught us from the Scriptures, and it was, real, it was a great blessing for our family. And she said that, you know, just thanks, Dad. But the reason that happened is because she had had a similar experience in seminary, and, and it was duplicatable. She could go home and just do what I did, and that was doable. It's just that her parents needed to know that this would be a pretty good day to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, yeah. what's unfair is I was there in the room in seminary, so I know today Both was a good times. day. Yeah. But, if a, but if a teacher could get a little better at really letting parents know, no, we're not just doing the same thing you're doing to come follow me, but this week here are four or five things we really you could ask your child about. They'll have something to talk about. So here's the second incident, right? So um, what was it? It was last. Oh, I know what it was. So uh, that same day that we had the the first vision stuff, I said to the students, I'm going to give you a little mini assignment. I don't know that I'm going to follow up, but I've been talking to them a little more about... Uh, have you and I... We've talked about questions in reverse. I can't remember. Uh, uh, you might want to go uh, over for that the for the, the podcast. <laughs> yeah, for the podcast. So uh, about two weeks ago, I was in my car with my 14-year-old daughter and my 11-year-old son, and we're driving, blah, 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 and we're listening to the radio and talking, and she, my 14-year-old daughter turns the radio down kind of dramatically, as Mickelsons are wont to do. <laughs> and Enough she of said, this. <laughs> yeah. And she said, why did you break up with your girlfriend? And I'm like, well, mom and I haven't broken up. <laughs> no. And she said, you, you, you know, the girlfriend before mom, why did you break up with her? How did that happen? And I was like, do you want the long and short version? She said, oh, the long version. So I just kind of told her how mean this girl started dating, what a great person she was, and how we started dating, and kind of why it didn't work out, and then how I met, you know, her mom, Jenny's. And, and that took like 15 minutes. It was just really fun to talk. And I, I used that time to teach a couple things about following promptings and kind of making decisions about marriage and whatever. 
Um, and then a couple days later, Maddie also asked me another question. I think it was, how did you, why did you decide to become a seminary teacher and how did you do that? And so I asked her after that, I said, how come you've been asking these questions? She goes, I love, I love hearing you and mom like share your experiences with us because there's like, I can learn stuff about when I'm in similar experiences. And I noticed that she asked Janice, what are some details from your wedding day? Like what were <laughs> your colors and how did you choose that stuff? And where did you have your reception? She did that when Janice and, and Maddie were in the car a couple days ago. So I, as I was just pondering that, and I'm like, man, that was so enjoyable to have my own child ask me a question. Instead of, you know, normally in Come Follow Me, I pin my children to the couch and then pepper <laughs> them with questions until <laughs> the dog ruins everything. With you know some waterboarding I mean? in the <laughs> yeah, side. Yeah. And, and my kids, you know, they're great kids, but they'll kind of shrug and say, I don't know, and, or give, you know, maybe a, a kind of a plain answer that doesn't take a lot of thought because I'm pretty safe to say scripture study and prayer. Right. And Jesus. But, and Jesus. And, but if they're coming to me and asking me questions, well, boy, they're interested. They're ready. And I'm always ready to <laughs> say stuff. Mm-hmm. So I came up with this idea of questions in reverse. And that is, after you know, two or three of our lessons during the week, we're going to come up with a question or two that would be fun to go home and ask your parents that have to do with today's lesson. So for instance, this week... Um, I invited the students to go home and ask their parents, when did you wrestle with something spiritually as a young person? Kind of like Joseph did. Yeah, totally. Question number two is, what's your favorite part of the Joe Smith first vision story? Um, some kids went home and asked, and some kids didn't. But I, but then today, I just How said, did you follow you know, up? Uh, just the next morning. So did any guys ask what your parents say? That's all. Oh, okay. Just simple. Yeah, just simple. And five minutes. You know, I can't let everybody share. we got stuff to do. Right. But, but knowing that most kids maybe aren't going to go home and do that, um, I sent a little. I sent an email today, made it as short as possible, kind of a la James Clear, you know, kind of. Yeah, three, I two, sent, one. It. Yeah, I sent a little like list of here are some of the things we covered this week that align with "Come Follow Me" because where where you are, and then here's two questions I invited the students to go home and ask their parents. I just thought you would want to be aware, and if this helps you have a discussion about the gospel with the kids, that's that's what I'm hoping for. You sure have great kids, you know, love Brother Mick. Um, anyway, those are two things from the week that I've been really excited about, and at least in our home, I have seen the fruits of seminary being aligned with "Come Follow Me." Cool. Anyway. I think that's I think it's simple stuff. That's why I, I hope this podcast can provide those kind of ideas for teachers because it's easy. What, what you did when you trained your daughter to just say, okay, now before we read this verse, um, just what stands out to you or, or notice this. And, you know, it's a total look for skill that we, we as teachers try to employ and, and having students pick up on that because we do it all the time. That's easy. And then yeah. teaching them to, you know, you should, because Elder Ballard is the one that gave that talk about um, fathers and sons and take an interest in your father's life. And, and yeah. when, when, when youth ask their parents questions, it improves relationships. That's just a general principle. So us helping that facilitate that, what a load it will take off of parents when they're doing come follow me if it's their kids asking the questions. So yeah. I love it. I think those are great ideas. And so let's now let's look ahead then to this next week. So this week's not as tricky as last week because um, we're now into it. You probably want to figure out if you haven't taught section one yet, where you're going to fit that in. And yeah. I'll be curious if you're going to do it this week, but it's basically just some more Joseph Smith history and then section two, right? Isn't that basically yeah. what you got yep. this next week? That's exactly what it is. Yeah. 
So let me let me just uh, I'm going to propose something that if it, if I were teaching I would do, and then I totally want to hear how you're going to go about about it. Okay. Um, and so for me, section two is one of those revelations that's super important. And I believe I'm pretty sure in the manual it's not its own lesson. It's kind of combined with the whole Moroni thing. But yeah. what's awesome about Come Follow Me is you have time. And on on my pacing guide, I told teachers you should spend a whole day just on section two, because it is a it, it's it's a scriptural reference that is in all of the standard works, all of them. Yeah. And anytime you have something repeated through all the standard works, it's kind of a big deal. It's Malachi's prophecy. But what's kind of cool about section two is it's it's the the wording is changed by Moroni from its original. And so what I love to do when I teach this is to put them side by side, the Malachi version and the Moroni version, and then go through those key phrases and talk about what does it mean to reveal the priesthood versus I will give unto you the priesthood? What does it mean to uh, that the earth will be utterly wasted, not smitten with a curse. What you know, all, those, those differences in the in the different ones, yeah. and then and then to have a really good discussion about um, what what the priesthood eventually was going to lead to with baptisms for the dead. Take him to section one. Is it one twenty seven? The letter where Joseph yeah, uh, he returns. About. He returns to the Malachi way of saying it, but then he talks about what it all means. Yeah. And uh, and and linking kids to to family history and using some of Elder Bednar stuff, using some the roots tech stuff and, and the youth, uh, you know, what the youth are able to do. A, a teacher would be very foolish to not spend at least a day, I think, kind of parsing through all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. I love it. Uh, you know, so for me, I got, you know, to this afternoon, I kind of went through and I didn't even get to the point of making an outline. I just kind of looked and thought, what are things that I just don't think I want to miss? That's where we're going to get into trouble because there's a lot. There's <laughs> so much great stuff. So oh, yeah. let me just kind of list out what I, I think is going to, I feel like is going to matter to my students. And, and again, I'm starting to think different. I'm starting to think, what will the parents of my students wish I would have done this next week with their kids? You, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh, that's what, an what interesting will, question. What will really grease the wheels? So I love this idea of how do we respond when we realize we have fallen into temptation? Yeah. I, I want to use that talk. Uh, re- repentance is always good. Is that what it's called? What's that talk? Oh, it's from uh, one of the ger- it's the general young men's president, I believe. Recently? Not, may- yeah, it's like... It's not ringing a bell mm, at all for me. Uh, let's see. Repentance is always good. There we go. That will be Repentance is Always Positive, uh, October 2017. And that is... Brother Stephen Owen, General okay. Young President. Yeah, back back in the day, right? That was yeah. a couple of years. And back. I just want to talk about this very simple: if then, and if you fall into temptation, then repent. The opposite is: if you fall into temptation, dig the hole deeper by not repenting and making things worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. So but I just vain want to pride. Talk, yeah, I really want to talk a little. I want to analyze this idea of why do we avoid repentance when repentance is the way to move forward in our lives, you know? And I don't know. So, you know, what's cool about the, the 1832 
version of the first vision, if you go to the Joseph Smith papers and you go beyond the first vision part, just it's just six pages. That's mm-hmm. this first attempt at an autobiography. But um, uh, Brother Harper, uh, Stephen Harper, who's the, a church historian, was with us this week. He pointed out that there's actually a cycle in these six pages because in in his telling of the first vision, Joseph talks about being condemned, convicted by his sins, and how the Savior then comes and tells him his sins are forgiven him, but then gives him something not to do in this case. Don't join any of the churches. Yeah. When, when, uh, then the next story that Joseph tells in this autobiography is then he's convicted of his sins again. Again, he goes to pray to the Lord, and this time Moroni comes, but this time Moroni brings to him a new assignment. A, a to-do, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. And then, and then the next story that it talks about in, in the 1832 account, I believe, is the lost pages, I think. Oh, okay. and, and so again, he's Joseph's messing up again, and he's going to the Lord for forgiveness. And it, he said that the, this first autobiography is very much centered on Joseph demonstrating this, what you're just saying, messing up, repenting. The Lord still trusts him. The Lord forgives him. He's always going to forgive him as long as you're humble. And anyway, that might be a cool, I don't know how you would use that, but you'd have to go to the Joseph Smith papers because it's that specific Telling yeah. of the story that shows and that pattern. it would be pattern. cool to show the students the Joe Smith papers. I mean, any yeah, chance it's you... a it's a great yeah great way to introduce yeah. it to them. Yeah. All right. So you got that. I I love one of the things that's maybe so Joseph. You know, he is repenting. As he's repenting, good things happen. That good thing happens to be Moroni appearing. Sure. You know, verse thirty one and thirty two. You don't get a lot of descriptions of what an angel looks like, and there's a pretty there's a cool one. Pretty specific, but I love in verse thirty four. The first thing Moroni really tells Joseph is God has a work for you to do. So here you are feeling bad about some of the poor choices you made. And my message to you is God's going to use you. In other words, messing up does not disqualify you from participating in the Lord's work. Let's yeah. fix it. Let's go. You know, Let's fix, fix it. it. Now, you've got the objects, right? There's a book deposited. There's two stones. There's a breastplate, you know, all Don, that Don, stuff. Don Bradley calls it the Nephite Ark of the Covenant. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. And, I, I again, nowadays it's a lot easier to go and show them some artist depictions and then show sure. them the seer stone. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and again, do and you do. inoculating. Do you de- de- demystif- demystify them. Just show yep. them this is the seer stone and even show them the Anthony Sweat painting of Joseph digging up the seer stone and talk a little bit about it, you know? Yeah. Now, a good question maybe to ask the students is why does Moroni do most of it is explaining through Scripture instead of just his own words? Yeah. And yeah. just talk about, maybe talk about the power of scriptures there. Well, and let's um, go look at those actual scriptures and yeah. see why, why of all scripture, why is this what Moroni why is going to bring to Joseph for this? Yeah. Yeah. And why didn't Moroni say, hey, just so you know, you're going to go get a book. Uh, you know, it seems as though Moroni is saying, let me use the scriptures to expand your vision mightily of what's yeah. going on here. And I'm going to repeat it four times in the same night yeah. because there's no way you're going to keep track of all these scriptures unless I do that. Yeah. Yeah. And Joseph is able to write them down because we have them. So, yeah. Yep. I also, I don't know how much time I'll spend here, but in verse 49, he goes to his father and tells him. Mm-hmm. And his father I, says, yep, that's of God. Get, let's get to it. But, encourages him to act on it. By one account, Joseph's afraid to go to his dad because he doesn't think his dad will believe him. Yeah. And uh, in that account, 
I think it's the 1832 account. I think it's again that one. Um, Joseph Smith Senior weeps when it, when his it reports wow. that he weeps when he tells him. It's kind of kind of tender. That's cool. And you know, I had a very tender experience when I was in high school when I had one of my first significant spiritual experiences. I just wanted to go home and share it with my parents, but I went home. Well, for mutual, kind of early, like we finished mutual and I was going to stay and play basketball, what I normally do, but I really wanted to just, I had had such a spiritual experience. So I went home and I just, my parents were both in bed reading the paper and stuff. And so I went in and sat on the edge of the bed and my mom was like, how was mutual? And all I could say is it was good. <laughs> you know, I did. <laughs> and, and my mom kind of put the paper down. She said, everything okay? And I'm like, yeah. So she got up out of bed, came a walk, sat next to me and said, what's going on? And I just burst into tears. Yeah, you should have been there, you know, and told them <laughs> I haven't. And it was really kind of cleansing and sweet to talk to my parents about spiritual things. And so even though they don't make a big deal about it in Joseph Smith history, Joseph right. does mention t- talking to my dad was part of this process. And talking to his mom after the first vision was part yep. of the process. Yeah. So there, there may be a little bit, there's safety. There's safety in Satan wants us to do things in the dark. And, and it's funny that even something good that happened to you, you were still a little hesitant to share it. Um, you yeah. know, but, but like, once I don't know you how d- to do this. Yeah. yeah. But once you did talk to your parents and especially talk to your parents, if you need help or you, something's not right, they'll be more supportive than you realize yeah. or they, you know, or they should be, unless you got bad parents, then talk to the seminary teacher. I don't know. <laughs> <That's right>. Talk <laughs> to your bishop. I do. I will for sure take at least part of a day, if not a full day to just talk about turning our hearts to our, our ancestors. Yeah. Yeah, I think that needs to be its own day. Yeah, that's just, and man, there's just, you know, you and I've talked about showing those videos, you know, looking up the different countries your family's from. It's just a fun, easy thing to do with your family. Yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of king at that kind of stuff. You, you really, it's in the app, right? That's where you use it? Yeah, so I just, yeah, get the app, I'll go find a country and then. I'll just go to YouTube and say, all right. Oh, well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so one idea you've had, and maybe you should share it to the podcasters quickly, but it was the idea you look up a country and then you go find a really nicely well-made YouTube video about the country, not necessarily about your ancestors or yeah, anything. Yeah, kind of a travel travel log and just find some attractive YouTubers who like to travel. It's pretty easy. They're everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that, but, but it connects yeah. you in a, in a well-made sort of way to your ancestors' homeland, which is kind of cool. Yeah, my kids, every, I mean, I'm talking from my 22-year-old down to my 11-year-old. They yeah. re, even my kids who don't live at home will say, hey, send me the video. I want to see that one this week. I keep forgetting about yeah. that idea. I know my kids would love it. I need, I've got to do it. Yeah, so that's fun. You know, uh, relatives around me is an easy one to do if you're in a face-to-face class, obviously. Right, right. Um, but I think there's even some BYU apps that you can... You know, you, uh, yeah, if relative you're teaching finder. online, yeah, if you're, if you're teaching online, you could still have your class do it, I think. You could find a way. So yeah, but it, it wouldn't be even hard. It wouldn't be a bad idea when you're talking, turning the hearts of the children to the fathers to say, let's just all take a second. Let's pull out our family search app. If you don't have, or the memories one, right? Yeah. That one's different than search. And, and if you don't have it, let's download it real quick. Let's connect you over. But let's look up, just find, let, let's get five minutes and go in there and just pick an ancestor. And if they've got some memories, a journal entry, just spend five minutes just looking at it and yeah. see, see what that does. Is there any kind of turning? What does that look like? What does it mean to have your heart turn towards your ancestors? And then I bet you'd have you some like about it. Yeah. Yeah. You have some sweet experiences. I bet with that. Yeah. So that's fun. 
That's also a built-in one. There's got to be something about go home tonight and ask your dad about. Well, yeah, I, I was just thinking maybe if you don't feel like your kids would be ready for that, you say, go home tonight and download the app. I'm going to send an email to your parents and just let them know that we're going to do this tomorrow uh, so that you're all ready to go. And, and then, I mean, that gives parents an opportunity. I for sure am my own come follow me next week as I'm thinking. I'm like, well, yeah, then of course I'm going to do one of those YouTube video ideas of a home, you know, home, ancestral homeland because yeah. next week's going to be DNC2 for our family too. That's going to no, be great. Yeah, it's for everybody. So, yeah, absolutely. And then, and then we might even watch a Who Do You Think You Are episode. Do they still yeah. make those? I don't think they do. They have Finding Your Roots. They, they, have some, they have a bunch of seasons, Who Do You Think You Are, which that was great. Finding that Your Roots so is good. so is, good. Is Finding Your Roots, is that a BYU TV one? No, Finding Your Roots is uh, PBS, and it's Henry Louis Gates. It's is, so good. It's one of Is my it favorites. on Netflix? Is that where you find it or Hulu? No, I can't remember. I usually just watched it in the PBS app, I think. Oh, okay. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, I, I think. my news. Yeah. <laughs> I get mine from public radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very cool. All right. Well, then, and, and then does it just end after Moroni? I guess I didn't even look and see. Um, yeah. Well, so this one ends. What you'll do next is the translation of the Book of Mormon. Okay. So I'm not going to go into great detail about the translation quite yet. Yeah. Well, no, I, it goes in. No, no, no. Does Actually, it? yeah, I probably will because what you'll do next is, boy, you don't even do. So this goes t- verses 27 through 65, and 66 is Oliver Cowdery comes to my house and Aaronic priesthood stuff. So that's so, prob- but that's also probably more translation, right? Because it's the beginning of translations before Oliver Cadre gets here. It's kind of it, but it's figuring. More it just says translation. So I'm trying to see when you finish that up. That well, is... because you got well, because you've got Oliver showing up. It's DNC six, and then seven and seven and eight. It's like you try translating Oliver, right? So there's more of that oh, coming. Oh, you know what? We it will be February eighth when we do Joe Smith history one sixty six through seventy five. Okay, that so that's DNC twelve and thirteen. So that's coming. That. Yeah. That's coming. But we do talk translation, so you might as well talk translation. You know, let me throw something against the wall. This may be a terrible idea, and maybe nobody wants to do it. But one of the things Stephen Harper did, we were talking source criticism as a skill, teaching students not just to swallow whole any information somebody throws at them. Right? I heard that, it on Reddit. So yeah, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. And the new handbook that that invites us to like actually learn how to chase down sources. So he started off by showing us a letter from Martin Harris to W.W. Phelps. It was, uh, you know, it was dated July of 1830 or something like that. And Martin Harris was telling W.W. Um, Phelps about the prophet Joseph Smith and about how he was really into magic and how um, he met a white salamander and the white salamander um, hit him three times on the head and then the plates appeared, right? And, uh, and, and as he's reading through this, I knew exactly what it was as soon as he started. I mean, it looks old. He showed us a picture of it. It looks old. It looks like it could have been even the Joseph Smith papers, like the way he displayed it to us. And then he says, does anybody know what this is? And, uh, and of course, a bunch of seminary teachers did. But then his next slide was a picture of the bomb, uh, Mark Hoffman's car after it got bombed. Yeah. And, and he said... Now, when I show this with my BYU students, they're pretty uncomfortable as I'm reading to them about Joseph into magic and, and the white salamander, because they're like, what the heck is this? And Martin Harris, this, yeah. Martin Harris and W.W. W. Phelps, I've heard of. I haven't heard of the white salamander. And he said, he said, when you start doing some research and you start 
buckling down, you realize, wait, Mark Hoffman, wait, forgeries, wait, this guy's in Utah prison for murder, and he was a great forger. You can't just swallow whole something because it looks old. You know, I don't know if you do anything with that, but but it does seem it would fit with because uh, the white salamander fits with the Moroni story, you know, yeah, at least. Yeah. And for yeah. a while, the church was you know, not sure what to make of it because yeah. we, we didn't know it was a forgery. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know if that's an inoculation moment or not. I, I still feel strongly that we ought to be teaching skills in the seminary class, you know? Um, yeah. And uh, it's not, one of those important skills might be in our day of fake news, learning how to like run down sources a little bit and be a little critical of, you know, do some source criticism stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, all right, 27 minutes. We probably ought to stop. Put this baby to bed. And stop doing this thing. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing how it goes next week. Any final closing thoughts for the teachers? No, no I think we're good. Get out do there and do some good. Do the, do the thing that loves kids. Stuff. All right. All cool, right. man. Okay. Peace. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of a Come Follow Me podcast. If you have any suggestions or comments or ideas or questions, please drop us a line at a Come Follow Me podcast.com. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you.